the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. I am back after, what, two weeks? I was off on assignment last week uh, visiting parents in North Dakota. We'll talk more about that in just a moment here. Uh, by the way, uh, producer, uh, back at the studio here, Eric, uh, I've got the little slapback thing going on here, so I'm just going to take... Oh, there we go. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you very much. It's, 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 you may not have picked it up live on the air until I broke character and, and mentioned it, but every once in a while when we start doing these live remotes, as in from my house, uh, there's a little bit of echo that comes back to me until a certain switch gets flipped. And you might not have known it if I hadn't brought it up, but it's there. And it's the kind of thing that... I hear people talking about in the world of work as they as they go through their schedule of doing remote meetings and tends to throw people off. So it just shows you that they, the depth and breadth of my decades of radio training that you wouldn't have noticed <laughs> until I brought it up. Anyway, probably not entirely true. At any rate, uh, my name is Mitch Berg. My blog is shotinthedark.info. And uh, my, my game, writing the blog five days a week for the past, gosh, going on uh, 19 years now, starting in 2002. February will be the 19th anniversary. Uh, this broadcast, of course, going on 17 years of weekend superlative uh, domination of Twin Cities uh, talk radio and really all media. Uh, we're, we're benevolent despots, but <laughs> despots a despot. Just ask Governor Waltz. Yeah, anyway, more on that in a moment here. Uh, we, we've got our own little brand of tyranny going on uh, here in Minnesota. And yeah, as, as goes in, in Minnesota, so goes even more so in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, in which I am, well, the resistance. Doesn't it seem quaint, remembering back to the good old days of 2017, 2018, when you had a bunch of plush-bottom non-profiteer uh, progressives calling themselves the resistance, even though they faced no actual danger from anyone, as opposed to being a conservative here in the metro, where the cancellation, the doxing, the swatting are all facts of life. Speaking of which, I will be talking with Diane Knapper, who's a, a Republican candidate for the Minnesota State Senate in uh, Senate District 63, Southeast Minneapolis, uh, currently a district uh, held by Patricia Torres Ray, who is a symptom of the problem. She's not the problem in Minneapolis politics, uh, Senator Torres Ray. She's just a big 
expensive, caustically divisive, identity-based symptom. And with a little bit of luck and God's help and a tailwind, Diane Knapper may just be the cure. You all have something to say about that, even if you don't live in Senate District 63. Uh, it's going to be a big race for the Senate. We need to win every single race. We need to contest every single race in this state, and we're going to help Diane Knapper do exactly that in the second hour here today. By the way, I'm here today and tomorrow. Brad Carlson's off on assignment. King Banyan uh, will be doing his broadcast next Saturday morning live from, presumably, next Saturday is 4th of July. Presumably he'll be on live. I don't know. I will be, uh, I believe, doing my annual 4th of July broadcast, something I recorded a couple of years ago for the occasion of the 4th of July and what it all means. Uh, that's probably on the agenda for next Saturday. Uh, I'll be in for Brad Carlson tomorrow uh, doing a special broadcast on the language of identity politics, maybe one for the record books, maybe one that I package up as a Christmas gift to give to your friends and neighbors and family. Well, at least friends and family. Uh, so with a little bit of luck, well, that'll be uh, on the air tomorrow. I say with a little bit of luck because the way the city of Minneapolis is going, it might just slurp the entire metro area into a vortex of misery by then. Okay, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but and for that matter, so are an awful lot of people in regard to the actions of this past several weeks in Minneapolis. Now... Everyone with a living soul looked at what happened to George Floyd and was repulsed and revolted and, and, and com completely revolted by what happened. And there's no questioning that. There, and by the way, among those people revolted by what happened, I, I have to think, were the vast majority of police who, at the very least, had to look at what happened there and go, uh-huh. Great. Just what we need. Just what we need. Uh, this to, 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 to stomp on what is already a very bad situation for Minneapolis police. Let me give you a little bit of background here. I talked, I don't know, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago with, with an acquaintance who is, um, has a background in law enforcement, shall we say. We met, we talked, uh, this person told me that given their contacts in the Minneapolis Police Department, even back then, even back given uh, even a couple of years ago, before I believe uh, uh, Mayor Fry, uh, Mayor McDreamy took office, Minneapolis police were perceiving the lack of backup, the lack of support from the city council and from the mayor at that time, Betsy Hodges, to the point where they were figuring, rightly or wrongly, that it wasn't worth the risk of being too aggressive in their enforcement of the laws. Basically, if they didn't see it going on in front of them or the evidence wasn't all right there, it just wasn't worth it. Now, this is this, off, this former officer's opinion. I am certainly open to uh, an alternate point of view on this, but uh, it was this person with a background in law enforcement's opinion that given what they were seeing in Minneapolis that officers, and by the way, what they were hearing from Minneapolis police uh, officers, that the department was essentially standing down, is the term, basically not extending themselves much beyond what they absolutely had to, including uh, walking away from fel or slow-rolling felonies that didn't actually, unless they saw a felony in progress, it, it probably wasn't going to get a whole lot of attention. 
minor property crimes, it was already a, a minor miracle if you get anybody to look at that seriously. As, as someone who has been on the wrong end of a property crime or two, I, with all due respect to the police departments in both cities, we all know it's not worth even calling hardly other than for st- statistical purposes. The Minneapolis Police Department, and I say this with all due respect to, to the officers that I know do listen to this broadcast, has not been getting the support that it has needed from above in quite some time. Uh, a situation that has caused, quite frankly, the unthinkable, the Minneapolis Police Department to, uh, police union rather, uh, which traditionally is a fairly typical public employee union, uh, voting center to center left and endorsing from center to center left traditionally, coming out at least at the leadership level for Donald Trump four years ago, which is kind of unheard of out there. Anyway, I digress. The Minneapolis City Council has continued that tradition and in the wake of the George Floyd uh, atrocity, uh, began calling for the abolition, the disbandment, or the defunding, or um, pick the now the, the, the verb you want, but basically for calling for big changes to the Minneapolis Police Department. And after weeks of hinting at it, they took action. The Minneapolis uh, City Council yesterday, 18 days uh, after the, actually this was a week and a half ago, <laughs> sorry, after the death of George Floyd, unanimously, a week and a half? No, it was uh, just, just shortly after my last broadcast here. All right. Unanimously passed a resolution to replace the Minneapolis Police Department with a community-led safety system. Uh by the way, a veto-proof majority of the council announced its plans to disband the police department. Uh, as according to the resolution that was passed on June 12th, the city council will begin a year-long process of engaging, quote, with every willing community member in Minneapolis, end quote, to develop a new public safety model. Quote, we acknowledge that the current system is not reformable, that we would like to end the current policing system as we know it, end quote, said city council member. Who else? Alondra Cano. The council declared it would, quote, create a transformative new model of public safety in the city. Quote, a future of community safety work group, end quote, will be formed and will include staff from city departments, including the offices of violence prevention and civil rights. The council also voted unanimously a week ago Friday to end the local emergency order that had been declared due to protests in the wake of George Floyd's death. Now, Mayor Fry has stated but that he doesn't endorse the full abolition of the police. And in fact, he ran uh, on a platform of reforming the police department we already have, which is being held very much against him by the progressive far, 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 far left uh, in the Minneapolis City Council and in uh, the Minneapolis DFL. And it's being held very much against him, as I said, uh, by and as we and we've all seen the video since uh, the death of George Floyd of of Mayor Fry being uh, escorted out of community meetings uh, with howling mobs baying at his heels uh, for for having committed the apostasy of not calling for the complete abolition of the police. It's not going down well uh, so far. The several several Minneapolis police officers issued a public letter Thursday uh, condemning the killing of George Floyd, embracing uh, Chief Madaria Adordando and vowing to work toward regaining the public trust. All that's well and good. The the city council is moving towards bringing a a motion to abolish the or rather to amend the Minneapolis city charter to uh, 
remove the requirement that the city run a traditional police department, opening up the possibility of of alternative models of policing. Now, this, of course, this is a legal requirement. The, the Constitution, if you will, the city of Minneapolis, it's called a charter, and it says the city is required to run a police department. That's one of the requirements to be a city. A chartered city is you've got to be able to see to your own law enforcement or otherwise, if, if you're the city of Minneapolis at least, that's the way it was originally uh, constituted. There has to be a vote of the people, at least according to the law. There has to be a vote of the people of Minneapolis to actually uh, remove that uh, piece of the city charter. Now, when we come back, let's talk about that. Because on the one hand, it's being spun as something it isn't by the conservative media out and about. And on the other hand... Uh, well, there, there's, there's, there's points on both sides of this issue, and I want to make sure that we're aware of the points that are on both sides of this issue. So let's take a break. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. 651-289-4488 is the number to call should you care to join us. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World, AM 1280, The Patriot. Mitch Berg here today and tomorrow. Brad Carlson, normally here Sundays from 1 to 3, off on assignment tomorrow. Uh, and I don't know I don't know what the schedule it is for, uh, for the 4th of July weekend. I believe I will be doing my traditional uh, weekend, uh, 4th of July weekend broadcast, which I recorded a couple of years ago, because why should Michael Medved have all the fun of recording his holiday broadcasts as, as timeless evergreen shows? I'm, I figure I'll do that. You know, granted, he made a ton of money off his. Me, not so much. But that's uh, likely what... By the way, I was particularly proud of that show when I recorded it. Uh, so hopefully you'll, you can tune in for that next week. And of course, have a safe, wonderful, and blessed 4th of July weekend. I always love it when the 4th of July occurs on a Saturday. Uh, well, I, I mean, especially when I was working as a contractor so that I didn't have to worry about not getting to bill for the day. Uh, now that I'm actually have some paid vacation, knock wood, uh, less so, but still, uh, it's always wonderful to have 4th of July happen on a weekend, right? Right where God meant it to be. Hey, speaking of which, you can make your home more comfortable, energy efficient, boost your home value and more at 50% off the half home maker over the half off home makeover is here. By the way, I've had people ask me, does this mean they only make over half your house? No, no. It's half the price. Improvements and upgrades have never been so affordable. Get your to-do list to done at half the regular price, but only through am1280thepatriot.com and only while the deals last. What deals? Well, let's talk about the workhouse of your small business. Don't let the paper jams and poor quality copies slow you down. The top-notch Konica Minolta printer delivers 33 pages a minute. Installed with tone and tech support for half off, courtesy of Total Office Products and Services. That's one of the many deals that are part of the half off home maker oh, home makeover. And believe me, if you're working out of the house like I and many of us uh, are blessed with the opportunity to do, that sounds mighty tempting. <laughs> believe me, my 33 pages a minute um, 
that's about like the inverse of what my printer does, page every 33 minutes. So uh, this would be very, very welcome. I have a hunch. Anyway, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join me. You can also join us on Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's N-A-R-N Show. Operators are standing by both places. So this past, uh, what the, the actual story is uh, June, 20, uh, June 27th, yesterday, uh, the, actually, uh, yesterday, the Minneapolis City Council voted, uh, I'm reading off a piece in P- Pajamas Media from today, uh, Minneapolis City Council has voted to disband the police department by a unanimous 12-0 vote. The Minneapolis City Council votes to disband the city's beleaguered police department. You might ask yourself, what's going to replace the police department in Minneapolis? The answer is, well, they don't know. (laughs) City council members have a, shall we say, nebulous notion about how what they refer to as a, quote, reimagining of the police, end quote, will go. And I don't know about you, but if you work in the world of technology, Every time you have an executive walk in and say, it's time to take a step back and reimagine what we're doing. What that is, what that really means is, is it's time to make sure your resume and your portfolio are updated because your company's going nowhere and is probably starting to circle the drain. <laughs> Complete reimaginings of some of the basics of life. Well, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, but we'll try it and, and find out here. Uh, according to, to the uh, MSN, the draft language of the amendment to the city charter was posted online would replace the department with a Department of Community Safety and Violence Prevention, which, quote, will have responsibility for public safety services, prioritizing a holistic public health oriented approach, end quote. The amendment goes on to say the director of the new agency would have, quote, non-law enforcement experience in community safety services, including but not limited to public health and or restorative justice approaches, end quote. Why? It's almost as if it is tailor-written to refer only to members of Minneapolis's immense, powerful, and voracious nonprofit industrial complex. In other words, this is going to be yet another transfer of wealth from taxpayers to the DFL's machine, which the DFL's machine being the public employee unions, the nonprofit industrial complex, and uh, the various bureaucracies that support them, which essentially are farm teams and reserves, if you will, for the DFL. Now, Mayor Fry, to his very dubious credit, I don't credit him for much, But he opposes the amendment, Uh, and I quote, Fry expressed concerns about the proposed amendment as currently drafted, including whether the change would eliminate police altogether or allow for police presence going forward. He also said that when something currently goes wrong, the chief and the mayor are accountable. But under the new plan, accountability would be dispersed among 14 people. Fry also questioned whether policing practices would vary based on ward... (laughs) (laughs) or other factors. I have to confess, I have been tough on the boy for a while now, like ever since he completely dropped, well, South Minneapolis during the riots a month ago. But I have to confess, I'm sitting here rooting for the guy (laughs) because what could go wrong? 14 people accountable first of all 14 people are not accountable there is no accountability 
when the executive authority is spread 14 ways. When 14 are accountable, nobody's accountable. This is the very definition of dilution of accountability. That's the first rule of bureaucracy, though. I mean, you create so many layers that nobody can get blamed if things go completely white side up. I mean, every... Uh, not, not to get too dramatic here, but I mean, this is the first order of business in any authoritarian bureaucracy. Make sure that there are so many bureaucrats that, that the bus, buck can get past as many, <laughs> as many ways as it needs to be for the issue to get disappeared. Put another way, as Harry Truman once said, the buck stops here. Divide a buck 14 ways, you get seven cents on every desk. That's not a lot of accountability. And, and this is, now I'll, I'll just want to say this, and before you hit the phones demanding for my ouster, I, there, there's a catch to what I'm about to say. I'm going to say that there is a case to be made for reorganizing the Minneapolis Police Department. Even, dare I say, some sort of community-based, well, Community policing, I'm a, I've been a firm believer in it for quite some time. It got a bad rap under various administrations in the Twin Cities, but frankly, I think it, you know, enforces the laws and safeguards the community, which is what we're supposed to have police for. Now, we can argue about this, especially if you're a cop. I'd love to hear from you. 651-289-4488, uh, that's the number to call. I think that, as we saw in the wake of the L.A. riots, there are times when police departments need to be brought into line and need to be focused on their goal, which is protecting and serving the community, which, by the way, I believe most police do. I believe I firmly, firmly believe most, most police do exactly that. That is what drives most police into the, the field. It's what sustains them through careers in the field. I'd love to hear from any officers out there one way or the other on that, but I believe that's the case. I believe it's also the case, by the way, for teachers, for city bureaucrats of all varieties in all departments. I believe it's the case for most of the people who work for know, public works or, or traffic enforcement, for that matter. I don't think a lot of people go into city government for to, to commit evil, to gather power unto themselves. Certainly some do, Alondra Cano, but most don't. But the leadership is the devil in which the details reside. It's not hard to see where atrocious leadership has turned, rendered the, the efforts of a lot of good Minneapolis cops not rendered it rendered them irrelevant at, the, at this point in time. But you can say the same thing about the Minneapolis school board, where you have an awful lot of really good teachers who work really, really hard, put a lot of themselves emotionally, professionally, even financially into the job. They do. I don't know a whole lot of bad teachers. I don't know a lot of teachers who, who go into the profession to mark time until they can retire with a pension. Clearly some do. The vast majority don't. The mass, vast majority go into it because they want to help kids. They like teaching. I'm descended from several of them. My little sister's still one of them. So the vast majority of teachers are out there to, to do a good job. Uh, the devil in the details is the fact that their leadership 
doesn't have that as a goal. So, yeah, let's reorganize and defund the Minneapolis Police Department. Sure, why not? Let's do the same to the Minneapolis public schools and to the rest of Minneapolis's public sector. By the way, St. Paul, not far behind, two Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul City Council members, uh, Nelsey Yang and Mitra Jalali, formerly Mitra Jalali Nelson. Huh, she dropped the Nelson from her name. Anyway, they are advocating replacing the police with uh, uh, with a, another community-based organization of sorts to be determined later, perhaps, when all of the their stakeholders and the people to whom they owe their careers, as in Minneapolis, sound off. So when people ask, what will Minneapolis replace its police department with? Just remember, these are the same people, at least politically, intellectually, morally, philosophically, as the people who replaced the formerly excellent Minneapolis schools with what we have today. The formerly excellent St. Paul schools with what we have today. Which, by the way, if you, if you believe black educations matter, are the two of the worst achievement gaps in the United States. A status that has, proceed, has persisted for over a decade now and shows no signs whatsoever of changing. Want to talk about changing the police department, changing policing in the Twin Cities? By all means do. Just know that the people who are talking about doing the replacing are the people who gave us the Minneapolis schools, the Twin Cities bureaucracies, and all the above. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Have to get back. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget the June Regnery Book of the Month is, quote, Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze That's Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Schreier. Till a couple of years ago, gender dysphoria, which is severe comfort in one's biological sex, seemed pretty rare. Today, as it happens, more and more children are hearing coming out stories through media and speakers at school assemblies. This book explores the Internet community of trans influencers who are shaping future generations under our noses. You could say reshaping them. It's not a joke. You could win a signed copy of the book at am12athepatriot.com. Uh, click on our Freedom Fan Club for your shot at winning the June Book of the Month, Abigail Schreier's Irreversible Damage. Check it out. 651 289-4488 is the number to call. Now, as the city of Minneapolis votes and moves aggressively at this point to, to reshape its, its policing structure, to abolish the Minneapolis Police Department and replace it with a community-based group of something, the details get very, very fuzzy the farther you get into the story here. Basically, we know there's they're talking about for, uh, diluting the accountability for this new organization <clears throat> 14 different ways, uh, meaning there is no accountability, meaning that, that everything will be done by committee, literally, literally. I mean, you, you've heard about all the countries that had 14 different presidents. You've, you've heard about all the successful corporations out there, the, 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 the successful companies that have 14 different CEOs splitting the accountability for the job up amongst themselves, each delegating their authority down to 14 chief accountants, 14 chiefs of operations, 14 different uh, chief technology officers, 14 different human resources executives, 
No, you haven't? Well, it's because they don't exist. <laughs> accountability spread that far and that wide is not accountability at all. And so, essentially, the city's policing will become what? Well, they'll become what? They'll become what the city's schools have been for quite some time now. A fiscal and power playground for the DFL's farm team. A means of transferring wealth from the city's fewer and fewer remaining taxpayers to the people who run the city. Badly, but with no accountability. It's basically a bureaucrat and sinecure protection act. And the only real victims are the people of Minneapolis, especially, mind you, the poorest and most vulnerable among the city of Minneapolis. And yes, you will hear the Black Lives Matter crowd and the little white boy anarchists who are the children of the, of the power structure. And, and the rest of them say, well, the, the, the situation already uh, oppresses African-Americans. Well, we'll come back to that. Larry Elder had some some spectacular programming on this this past week about the, the, the complete lie that is systematic oppression by police of African-Americans. And, and this is not to say that there aren't some plenty of legitimate complaints. There are. Uh, the idea that there is systemic racism in policing is stretchy and, according as Larry Elder showed pretty convincingly, not sustainable. But what you will see, and by the way, this was one of Mayor Fry's uh, objections to the city council's plan. You will count on it, absolutely will see differences in policing, depending on where you're from, what's your zip code, what's your level of power in the city. Because every time a city's services get completely subsumed into the city with no accountability. Every time a city's services of any kind, be they police or public works for that matter, uh, find their accountability stripped away and uh, their entire means of operation folded into the city's power structure, you will find that the haves and have-nots for things like services, everything from law enforcement to fire protection to street plowing in the winter, tend to coalesce pretty much along the lines of who has the power. We saw that last winter, by the way, when we saw that the city of St. Paul was plowing city councilmen and mayor's streets long before they plowed neighbor's streets. They were, they were making special trips to plow uh, the streets in front of Mayor Carter's office and, and the houses of the seven city council people. And then leaving the rest of the neighborhoods to fend for themselves until they got around to it. You see, that's the thing about the animal farm. Some animals are just more equal than others. And we're seeing that even today, even before the city has managed to abolish its police department. This is a piece that came out uh, on the local Fox uh, News affiliate within the last day. City of Minneapolis is spending $4,500 a day for private security for three city council members who have received threats following the police killing of George Floyd, uh, the local uh, Fox station has learned. A city spokesperson said the private security details have cost the city 
$63,000 in the past three weeks. The three city council members who have the security detail, Andrea Jenkins of Ward 8, Philippe Cunningham of Ward 4, and Alondra Cano (laughs) of Ward 9, have been outspoken proponents of defunding the Minneapolis Police Department. To be fair, the entire city council has been outspoken proponents. They voted unanimously to do it. But Jenkins, Cunningham, and Alondra Cano have led the pack. Council member Philippe Cunningham declined to discuss the security measures. Go figure. As did council member Cano, who ignored media requests for comment. Why not? There is no accountability if you're the, if you're the Minneapolis City Council. Uh, Philippe Cunningham did, in fact, uh, respond via text message saying, quote, I don't feel comfortable publicly discussing the death threats against me or the level of security I currently have protecting me from those threats. Cunningham added that the security is temporary. Uh-huh. Okay. Council member Andrea Jenkins said she has been asking for security since she was sworn in. She said current threats have come in the form of emails, letters, and post to social media. So, security for people in the city of Minneapolis. We'll get back to you on the plans. Whatever imperfections the Minneapolis Police Department has, throw it out. We'll replace it with something. Something politically correct. Something bureaucratically correct. Something that really does carry on the primary mission of the Minneapolis City Council and the Minneapolis DFL, which is to transfer power to the political power structure in the city of Minneapolis. That's really the goal. Whether the city of Minneapolis is secure or not is irrelevant. In fact, the fact that the people of Minneapolis are oppressed by crime plays into their hands it gives the city council the ones we have now or the even worse ones that are waiting in the wings trust me a boogeyman to blame which is what authoritarians do they've always got to have a boogeyman to blame why isn't this the exact tactic that they complain about with president trump more on this in a moment. Let's go to the phones in St. Louis Park. Mark, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are on the air. Uh, Mitch, first of all, thanks for giving me a tip on uh, where to invest my money. Private security firms are a way to go, especially yeah. the city of Minneapolis. So thank you so private, much. Ex- uh, private executive security. Oh, yeah. <laughs> executive security. Thank you. I have a question for you, though. Um, less than a year ago, there was an audit of 911 calls in the city of Minneapolis. About six, between six and seven thousand, they just couldn't get to the police because they mm-hmm. didn't have enough officers. About a thousand of those were level, were the highest level: assaults in progress, burglaries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do you know what they've done to address that? I, I know they tried to. There was a federal grant that was going to help the pe- officers that had to work on traffic calls get them off those traffic calls. A federal grant. They denied that. They said it would be discriminatory. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Do you know what they addressed, though, the lack of getting to 911 calls? Because it was very serious. That report was very serious. I don't know, and I'll hang up and listen. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I think what happened was, was this. Uh, various parties expressed their concern most, uh, m- most sternly and then carried on with the real business at hand. I mean, I'm being a little facetious, and, and yet, as with the Babylon Bee, sometimes satire is the best journalism, uh, because there is a certain amount of concern over, well, no, there, there is actively no concern about actual crime against citizens in Minneapolis, uh, unless it's of the politically correct vi- uh, variety. To answer your question the best I can, Mark, no, nothing's been done. I mean, the, the Minneapolis police requested the ability to hire more officers, that was denied. Obviously, once the rioting started Memorial Day weekend, the city government, including Mayor Jacob, the reformer, Fry, uh, basically did everything they could to undercut the police department, including evacuating a precinct and evacuating law enforcement on that, that particularly smoky Friday night from southeast Minneapolis under a hail of rocks all the way up Lake Street. Uh, to, to answer your question, nothing. Nothing happened. I mean, money may have gotten spent, but as with most money being spent on most things in the city of Minneapolis, it was not there to to solve problems. It was there to transfer wealth from taxpayers, in this case as a federal grant, taxpayers all over the country, to the DFL to the, 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 the power structure in this city. Basically, all the money being spent, you could presume, is being spent to transfer money to the bureaucracy, to the power structure, to the sinecure that is politics in Minneapolis. Let's take a break. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, 651-289-4488. Don't forget, we got Diane Knapper, who is running for the, uh, the Minnesota State Senate in District 63, joining us after the top of the hour. So stick around. you got questions. We will make time for you. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, totalitarian light, institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Hey, don't forget, you need news. You need good, unfiltered news uh, every day to, to know what to do about life around you. We recently launched our daily newsletter, The Daybreak Insider, which is your first look at today's top stories. He's going to give you a rapid-fire look at the day's news from a conservative viewpoint. Detailed, yet concise. You only have a couple minutes to catch up in the day's top stories before running all your errands and doing all the stuff you got to do. Uh, by all means, uh, we've created the Daybreak Insider just for you. And for me, by the way, I, I, check, it, uh, I check it out pretty much on the daily. So uh, go to am12athepatriot.com, subscribe by using the keyword, well, uh, subscribe. So, phones are just buzzing right now. Let's uh, go to line one. Jeff in, I believe, St. Paul. Uh, Welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I am told you are on the scene of, well, one of those some animals are more equal than others moments. Tell us what's going on, Jeff. Well, I was on the scene. I have since uh, left the area. But honestly, um, Bikers for 45, a pro-Trump organization, they had scheduled a uh, rally today that started at noon, so two hours ago, 
over at the uh, governor's mansion on Summit Avenue. Now, just to make sure we're clear on this, Jeff, when you say bikers for 45, are we talking about a lot of guys in helmets and spandex shorts, or are we talking about a lot of guys in leathers uh, riding Harleys? We're talking about a lot of guys in leathers and riding Harleys. Guys and women, okay, not, just, just, not just guys. Just thought I'd confirm. Okay, yeah, fair, uh, fair enough. So, so Bikers for 45, a pro-Trump uh, motorcycle club, for lack of a better or organization, for lack of a better term, held a rally at the governor's mansion. And so far, so good. I mean, I'm assuming I didn't. I'm, I'm assuming violence broke out and there was carnage in the streets because we're talking a bunch of bikers, right? I mean, it had to turn into a huge rumble. It wasn't Am I correct? That bad, but it, it could have been. It wasn't that bad, but it could have been. Uh, oh, really? They, they, what they, yeah, what they wanted to do, and it was just a simple, peaceful rally, a demonstration in support of the police. Right. We back the blue. That's the thing. We're here to say we support the police department, that police lives matter. And (laughs) Black Lives Matter, Inc., uh, a subsidiary of the Democratic Party, decided that they were going to hijack the event as their own. And so they came out in force with at least three, maybe four times the numbers. And the police actually set up a, a barricade right in the middle of the street to keep the two sides apart. Yes. There was okay. a barricade, and there were police lined up uh, right at the entrance to the uh, to the mansion, and okay. so they had maybe about six police there. But there was there was the barricades separating the two sides of the walkway for the police right in the middle, and okay. both sides were shouting and screaming at each other. And and then I was there with uh, Shia Lowe, the fourth congressional district Republican candidate for Congress. And, right. you know, so she was there and he brought uh, some Hmong elders and some of some of his supporters there. He actually uh, got a little bit of a, some TV um, appearances by actually having a discussion with um, some of the Black Lives Matter protesters who were trying to make it a monologue. But the thing that she had mentioned was, don't we have the right to freedom of speech, too, that we yeah. heard? Black Lives Matter all over the media for the last month. We've heard their demonstrations, but can there not be another viewpoint? There certainly cannot. In fact, that would uh, that would deprive them of the and what we're seeing here, by the way, Jeff. And uh, and and by the way, thanks for your call. Uh, great to to have you here, Jeff. Uh, what we're seeing here is that uh, just straight out of George Orwell's Animal Farm, uh, all animals are equal, but some animals are more some equal than others. More equal than others. Yeah, absolutely. there are absolutely. So, thanks for your call, Jeff. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we'll we'll have to talk again soon. Here, yeah, more animals are more. Uh, some animals are more equal than others. Some people get to block freeways. Some people get to bum rush other people's rallies without any real consequences. Some people don't need to get demonstration permits. I have a hunch, if the gun owners caucus or pro life Minnesota were to block a freeway. In Melvin Carter's St. Paul, in, in, in Jacob Fry's Minneapolis, in Alondra Cano's Ninth Ward, or wherever she, quote, represents, end quote, there would be water cannon and attack dogs uh, deployed in the interest of the public order. And goodness knows uh, if you are a, a biker for Trump or, for that matter, a uh, regular work-a-daddy, hug-a-mommy Republican, as happened uh, when the Antifa uh, bum-rushed a Trump rally, or actually not even a Trump rally, a Republican rally back in 2017. The fact that they are, in fact, intimately connected by family uh, with uh, the power structure in this city and nationwide will mean that they will get a 
whis- uh, whispering of a slap on the wrist, not the actual physical content uh, contact. Uh, let's go to Minneapolis. Gail, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You're on the air. We got about a minute here. Uh, go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a my longtime pleasure. resident of South Minneapolis. Uh, we bought a home in 1972. And we raised our kids in this family, in this neighborhood. We were all, it was an integrated neighborhood. Uh, yep. The blacks and, the, and the, everybody, we all got together and they had picnics together and the children had sports together. And it was wonderful. Um, when the explosion happened, I was sitting in my living room until 3 o'clock in the morning trying to decide that if the wind blew and started to set fire to our neighborhood, what would I remove from my house first besides the people? It was so awful, I have never experienced anything, and I am 85 years old. So, the next day, my husband and I discussed it, and then when we found out that uh, the, the, uh, the city was trying to disband the police after they hadn't had enough police to protect us on Lake Street. I'm thinking, what can I do to help? I've written letters. I've called the offices. No response, no nothing. They're going to do what they want to do for the sake of power. And Ms. Jenkins, who accused white people of uh, uh, making her, uh, force her to have uh, security, that is a racist remark. So there yeah. we are. And so I just wanted to call and give my opinion. And I appreciate your opinion, Gail. And we need the people. You've obviously made your opinion well known to the the government in Minneapolis. Uh, we, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get through these people because, frankly, neighborhoods like East Lake today are have the same value to the power structure that neighborhoods like the North Side had 50 years ago when they burned down. And it is a, you, you look at the situation, it becomes unmistakable that a black life is worth more in danger to the power structure in the city than it is safe and secure and prosperous. The power structure in this city desperately, desperately needs people to be suffering to, to, to work out. Diane Napper joins us next. Stick around. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.